Come be a part of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics with your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. Hear the voices of liberty speaking all across America. Doc Holliday provides thought-provoking interviews and commentary about the issues and actions that are afflicting this country and what we need to do to get America back on track. Get fired up. Get inspired. Get on board with Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right now. Politics. Once again, you got us right here on webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Dr. Ed Holliday, and wow, May the 4th be with you. The f- May the 4th is here. And for Star Wars fans, we say May the 4th be with you for America everywhere and even around the world. We say welcome to a season of rebuilding. We need to rebuild this country, re- rebuild this the economy of this world. And it's time to start moving where we can. It can't be like it used to be. But we can move forward. And I hope that's what you're doing the best you can where you are. And that's that's what Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics is pushing to get this economy back going the best we can wherever you are. And today's show, we have some news about North Korea. We got General Spalding. About the, we're gonna get him on the phone in a little bit. And General Spalding is a former Air Force general who knows a lot. He studied and was an expert in China relations, the economic and national security part of uh, Asia and the Pacific region. So we're gonna have him on for a great show in just a few minutes. And before we get to that, I have to say. Well, what is happening with North Korea's dictator, Kim Jong-un? Who knows? I, as, as we're recording this, somebody said he was seen alive, but nobody has actually seen film footage of his life. There's been rumored that he's dead, that his sister or brother or somebody may take over. Who, who will it be? So we're going to ask uh, General Spalding about that as he also gives us some information about China. So is uh, Kim Jong-un alive or is he dead? What's it mean if there's a, is there a power struggle? What could that mean? Well, we have uh, an expert. We got former United States Air Force General Spalding. He's just written a new book called Stealth War, How China Took Over While America's Elite Slept. So we're going to be talking to him about North Korea and China. That's his expertise. That's what he studied for many years and so we will have him on in just a few uh, minutes but most important last week something happened and general flynn who we've had programs about him in the past and general mike flynn it looks like the, the, the department of justice released some memos from the fbi that are so egregious so damning, so repugnant that our uh, government, our Federal Bureau of Investigation, that we all applaud and love the way it fights for justice or it has in the past. And the full work of the workers there is the best in the world. But 
under James Comey, the former FBI director, the top floor of the FBI stinks to high heaven. It stunk up things, and we're trying to see what's going on with General Flynn. It's unbelievable, some of the stuff that came out. Let me just play this clip, and then I, I got a clip. I had an exclusive with General Flynn uh, four years ago, three and a half years ago, at the Republican National Convention. So, but listen to this about last week on the news from The Hill. President Trump on Thursday signaled support for his former national security advisor, Michael Flynn, after new documents were unsealed in his criminal case, calling him a war hero and decrying the FBI's treatment of him in the course of the Russia investigation. Trump tweeted, quote, What happened to General Michael Flynn, a war hero, should never be allowed to happen to a citizen of the United States again. Trump's commentary follows new documents unsealed late Wednesday, in Flynn's case showing that FBI agents debated how to approach Flynn for an interview in January of 2017, when he was serving as the White House National Security Advisor. Flynn's attorneys argue that the documents support accusations of prosecutorial misconduct against Flynn, who pleaded guilty in December of 2017 to lying about his contacts with with the Russian ambassador and agreed to cooperate with special counsel Robert Mueller's investigation into Russian election interference. Well, in all this news of COVID-19, uh, I hope this story does not get swept under the rug by the mainstream media. It probably will. But they covered Michael Flynn, General Michael Flynn, as, and they called him a traitor. We, had, we have commentators and news uh, directors calling General Flynn a traitor. It was all over the news two and three years ago. They had episode after episode of calling this man all kind of things. And now it looks like he's going to be exonerated. I hope President Trump gets him back in his administration. <laughs> I wish he would make him the head of the FBI. Now, Christopher Bray is the new head of the FBI. He was placed there after James Comey was fired by President Trump. But if this information has been around for two years and we're just now getting to it, Christopher Bray, what in the heck have you been doing for two years? Two years! Two months, I can understand, but two years? And we don't have this information, the public... And you've been sitting on it and hiding it, and they had to, how did they twist it out of your hands? Attorney General Barr finally got this information out, and you've been sitting on it? If somebody is sitting on that information like Christopher Veray, I don't have trust in him to be the director of the FBI. He has some explaining to do, and I hope some congressional committees will get him up there before them and let him explain why he kept this information from the American public for over two years when he's director of the FBI. Absolutely incredible. And I just cannot believe that we can let him stay in a position of director of the FBI if this is the kind of leadership he's exhibiting. He'll have to have some good answers. And I hope the Democrats will, instead of looking at impeachment, Find out what's going on with this government and FBI and other places. Saying that, just remember, the, you know, the Intelligence Committee of uh, the House, they spent all their time uh, impeaching Donald Trump when they should have been seeing what's going over in China and reading some intelligence reports and doing their job. But that gets us off the topic here. 
we're going to get General Spalding on in just a couple minutes. But I did want to play. Let me just play you this clip from General Flynn. We were on the floor of the Republican National Convention. It's amazing how these phrases that he used are being uh, placed all over the place in the news today. T take a listen. So in order to have a strong American economy, we have to be connected to the rest of the world. How we're connected, and, and, and what I, I love to use this word, reciprocity, okay? It's sort of like a quid pro quo, to use a little Latin. <laughs> that was General Flynn using the word, the term quid pro quo, so uh, <laughs> a little Latin. And did that phrase ever get used? Oh, my, did the Democrats use that phrase over and over and over. And I hope uh, we'll use that against Joe Biden because the only quid pro quo was what Joe Biden did in the Ukraine. But we won't dig into that. But the other word that General Flynn used, this was back in 2016 at the Republican National Convention, was reciprocity, meaning in trade. It's not fair. It's not fair trade unless it's reciprocal. Who has used that term? I think President Trump has. There's some integrity in General Michael Flynn. He's been put through the ringer, and not only was he put through the ringer, he was he he was picked to be abused by the intelligence sources of the federal bureau of investigation maybe cia too i don't know we don't know everything we got to get some facts out because the most important thing is what i've heard other people say too if they can do this to a american hero 30 years service to his country in uniform if they can do this to him think what the government can do to you and me this has to be looked into where people, if they committed crimes, I don't care if it's James Comey, Andrew McCabe, if they committed crimes, they must pay a price because this cannot happen again to any American. President Trump said that. It's unbelievable. It should have never happened, but it did, and it needs to be publicly proclaimed who did it why so it won't happen again and people need to pay a price a high price for someone in leadership to make such an evil an evil decision to target someone like general flynn because he's going to be the incoming national security director crippled this country by what you put us through through the russian hoax because you didn't like the new president of the united states you crippled his administration you crippled him on purpose and you have hurt america you've put a stain that never will come out but hopefully we can learn from your stupidity and your un-american actions that's my message to james comey former fbi director wow i sure wish president trump had fired him on the first day he got in office now saying all of that <laughs> We have got to find out what is going on in uh, North Korea. When we taped this show for this week, we don't know if Kim Jong-un is alive or dead, hurt, sick. We don't know. But we got someone that has some insight to the situation. 
like I said, a former General Spalding in the United States Air Force, many years, and he served with uh, his importance of knowing the national security, the Asia-Pacific military balance. That's been his uh, expertise in the economics and what's going on. So he wrote a book called Stealth War, How China Took Over While America's Elite Slept. And before we get uh, General Spalding on, let me remind you, you're listening to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You're listening to us right here on webtalkradio.net. Glad to have new listeners. Wow, we cover a lot of subjects, and this is one that I think is very interesting coming up with General Spalding. But let me also remind you, during this time and this season, remember last week we had Dr. Dan uh, on uh, our show and talk about the COVID-19 and what's going on in our country and what we need to do to try to be safe. He said we get used to wearing face masks. So if you need a cloth face mask, you can go to our uh, website, docholiday.org, and you can get there by just clicking on our book. There's a book there called Bedrock Truths on the front page of our website here on Web Talk Radio, and it'll take you to our uh, website. And you can order that book. I wrote that book along with Dr. Alveda King, Dr. Alex McFarland. And we'd love to get a copy out to you if you want to purchase that book. But also, we got some cloth face masks, hand-sewn face masks. If you'd like to order one or two of those, then uh, we will get those in the mail to you also. But you can just check that out. You can look for face mask at docholiday.org. So, like it or not, that's the new normal, at least for the next few weeks, maybe a few months. But when you're out in the public, wear your face mask. Like we said, it will protect you some. But more importantly, if everyone's wearing face masks, it will help stop the spread of the disease. So, do it for the, uh, do it for those uh, you love. Do it for others. Do it for America. Wear your face mask. And if you need one or order a couple of them, just uh, go to docholiday.org. That's holiday with two L's in it. H-O-L-L-I-D-A-Y. Docholiday.org. And uh, look for face mask and order. And we'd love to get those out to you also. Now take a listen to this little intro as we get uh, General Spalding on the phone. So welcome to the show, General. Thank you. Great to be here. One thing when we start off, I know you're an expert on China and uh, in the Far East over there, but what's going on in North Korea and uh, uh, Kim Jong-un, the leader there in North Korea? Well, um, if you uh, believe the South Koreans, nothing. And if you believe the Japanese, he's dead. So okay. <laughs> uh, I think it's anyone's guess. Uh, I don't think we're going to know we're going through uh, if he is dead, if he is in fact dead. Uh, then you're going. To, uh, there's probably a power struggle going on to figure out who's going to replace him. Well, since you know uh, this area better than than most anybody, what would you see if there's a power struggle? Uh, how, how would that? Does anybody know? Well, there's uh, there's a couple of uh, uh, alternatives. One's his uh, his sister, um, and the other is his uncle, which is his father's brother. So. Hmm. Um, I think his, uh, many believe that the sister has the inside track. She grew up with him, uh, went to school with him in Switzerland, and uh, 
you know, was heading the propaganda department for his um, regime and really, you know, uh, contributed to really the cult of personality uh, that um, uh, was created around uh, Kim Jong-un. So um, many think that she's going to be the, um, the, the, the person to take over. Her name's Kim Yo-jong. And then his uncle, Kim Pyong, is, uh, is another alternative. It's kind of about the, the stalking horse. Uh, as the uh, uh, regime goes, it's been a, a, a general um, family, familial bloodline that's been taking over since uh, Kim Il-sung. And so uh, we'll see. I mean, it's gonna, it's a, it's a, it's a real life Game of Thrones going on probably behind, behind the scenes right now. Well, that, uh, saying that is one thing. Of course, North Korea is like anybody, I guess, in human existence. You have to have a evil versus good, and they've painted the United States as evil. Uh, the United States has been the bad guy uh, to play against uh, for for decades or since the existence of. Uh, North Korea under the dictatorship, the Un family. But would Donald Trump, would the United States, would any, would they ever be any way to change that from the United States being the bad guy for North Korea? Or are we just pretty much going to always be what they use to rally the troops, so to speak? The, um, the regime is still going to be um, pretty uh, anti-U.S. Uh, I don't think that's going to change. It's part of the way that the, uh, they um, essentially... Uh, maintain control of the population. So I don't think that'll change uh, anytime soon, even with the change in the new leader. You know, uh, we I think our intelligence services, it seemed to be looking back, they weren't prepared for the Soviet Union to fall as quickly as it did. I mean, could North Korea fall to some uh, uprising, or is that just about impossible way it's impoverished? Well, yeah, I think I mean they keep the the, the people pretty weak, um, and uh, and they control propaganda there uh, pretty successfully. So uh, you know, it's much like Cuba. You know, the the ruling regime there has been in power for a long time, and and there's no uh, you know no telling uh, when or if that uh, will ever change. Um, you know, uh, certainly it could go on for decades. Well, General, I want to reflect back around. Let's come back around to your book. Uh, stealth war how china took over while america's elite slept and we, we're going to put a link to that on our website uh, how, how can people get your book is it bookstores amazon well, it's been doing so well that amazon sold out so they have to go over to barnes and noble oh, and get it okay. right now that's a good um, problem you can get it on in, in, uh, kindle and audible so you can huh. listen to it if you like but the hard copy is, is on barnes and noble uh, but they can find all that on my website, GeneralSpalding.com. We have links to all that stuff, and uh, uh, and, and they can find it there. Good, GeneralSpalding.com. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll get that link up for you, too. But let's uh, talk. Why did you write this book? Well, you know, I had uh, spent the last five or six years of my career in the military uh, focused on U.S.-China competition. And, um, you know, starting from my time in the Pentagon and, and, uh, and really – uh, understood that the Chinese were raging a six-front war against the United States, and we weren't even aware of it. So I wanted to get out and tell that story, so I asked the Air Force to let me retire and, and uh, wrote the book, and and it's been uh, it's been well-received because it's not written for, you know, the, the foreign policy uh, uh, people of D.C. It's written for the American people. It's really, uh, I think, easy to comprehend and get through, and and I think you'll have a, a much better idea of what the Chinese are doing to us. 
uh, you know, the coronavirus really just shows uh, them bringing all the elements of this uh, war uh, uh, against the United States together. You know, it's a lot about economics. It's, a, it's about uh, reducing uh, the employment availability to Americans. It's about taking our industrial base, you know, our ability to manufacture things like drugs, you know, that we, that we uh, you know, antibiotics and masks that we need uh, to fight the virus and then other things for our military. So it's really been a long time coming, and we have been asleep at the wheel, and, uh, and mostly it's been the corporate and Wall Street sector that's been promoting it. Well, why you talk about the coronavirus, and what, we had a show on this a couple of weeks ago, but what really hits me as evil, and, and I want your perspective on this, when they shut down Wuhan, and they kept planes from going from Wuhan to any other place in China, but they allowed international flight from Wuhan. Was that a decision of the communist government to actually spread the disease? Do you think they actually planned to uh, weaken the world, knowing that once they this virus had gotten out, that uh, they were protecting themselves in China and never really get to Beijing, but it they let it go around the world. I mean, was that a conscious, evil decision? It absolutely uh, was a conscious uh, decision. And, uh, and not only that, they were sending out messages to their proxies around the world to buy up all the PPE and masks so that they could turn around and sell those to, to uh, the countries and make a profit. So, I mean, the whole thing was orchestrated, if you look at it, from the time that uh, Xi Jinping took over in 7 January to the time they locked down in uh, lockdown Wuhan on the 23rd of January, those that critical two weeks is is a, is a period where they started hoarding all the supplies and letting the people leave Wuhan. Well, you know, I, I, and I go back and I talk to my show. I I'm a dentist. That's why I get called Doc Holiday. But they were telling us in in January. You know, we get news reports of what's going on in China. They said if you need any gloves, mask, you better get them because everything's being shipped to China. All the warehouses in Europe and America were clearing out because China needed this. You know, there's not going to be any for a while because we're going to send everything to China. And that's exactly what happens. China sucked up that's the world exactly supply. And, and now they're turning around and selling it 10 times the amount what they got it for. Right. Uh, uh, so uh, to me, it shows the evilness of, of the Communist Party that's running China. And, and so your book, I have not read it. I do want to read it and plan to get to it, but China never sleeps. <laughs> and <laughs> I know. And uh, what, one thing I want to hit on, what, you talked about these Confucius Institutes on our college campuses. How many are they, and who pays for them? So there, there's about 100 uh, in the United States, about 500 total around the world. Uh, they're paid for by the propaganda arm of the Chinese Communist Party. And so when they come into a university in America, they basically tell them, we'll pay for the, the classes, but we get to choose the curriculum and we get to choose the teachers. So essentially, they've, they've uh, convinced the university presidents to bring these can uh, institutions on their campus to teach the Chinese language, but really they're propagandizing the student body. And so is it just for Chinese students, or we're talking about any uh, American students no, no, coming is, in. Yeah, this is for American students. They're, they're teaching American students about the narrative that the Chinese Communist Party wants them to hear. So that's 
think about that, you know, during the Cold War, if we had brought the Soviet Union and allow them to start teaching classes in, in our university campuses, that's essentially what's going on. And it's unbelievable, you know, and I'm glad you're, on, you know, making this public, letting people realize, and, and it's already on, uh, there's a lot of communist and socialist on uh, college campuses that are state-supported, <laughs> taxpayer money, and, and now uh, hearing about this is something that we need to be aware of because it leads to uh, what you alluded to before. We just realized most of the antibiotics that America gets and needs for our population and our military, they're made in China. We don't even have the facilities to make them, or we don't, we don't make them in the United States anymore. So uh, how do you reflect on that? How do we bring that back? Well, so I think what we need to do is uh, three things. One, uh, make the tariffs against China permanent. They don't have a free market economy, and they never will. And number two, stop letting our retirement funds invest in Chinese companies. They, we don't require those companies to have audits like U.S. companies do. And then three, don't allow U.S. corporations to invest in China. When they put their, mo their money over there, they can't bring it back. And, of course, we allow them to count that on their financial returns and it affects their stock price, but the shareholders can't actually get uh, access to those assets. So I think if you do those three things, and most importantly, if you begin to build um, secure networks to protect Americans' data, it's going to really protect the, the society uh, against um, the Chinese uh, Communist Party. And then we're going to begin to invest in our infrastructure and in our manufacturing and our science and technology again like we were doing uh, you know, decades ago. And we'll start to see the economy grow, uh, I think, quite a bit at that time. Well, I have to ask you this question, uh, General Spalding. The, before Donald Trump started talking about China in the campaign before he was elected, you didn't really see anybody willing. They may talk tough, but no president, no uh, con congressional committee or anything really talked tough on time. They talked, but they didn't do anything. Now, we have a president's put tariffs on, trying to negotiate. How do you see President Trump being effective or ineffective? Uh, he's by far the most effective president we've had since uh, Kissinger and, and Nixon went to China in 1972 in terms of pushing back against the Chinese Communist Party. And I think if we keep the pressure on and we get our allies and partners to do the same thing, you know, the, in, in 10 years we won't have as big a problem as we do today. Well, I'm glad you're bringing this up in your book. What you're talking about here on our show is making sure people understand what is going on. And there's give us a blueprint of how to fight back. And what I wanted to under, better understand is the Communist Party that runs China. And we talked about uh, what they did before this uh, coronavirus. But the evilness of, of any communist regime, but what we're seeing in China where they've actually using some free market, building up their technology. There's no doubt they've built some huge cities, and it makes some people think, oh, we need to have China, China system. Look what they can do, and which is just uh, horrible for students to think, or anybody in America to think, uh, we need to do what they do, the Chinese communists are doing, because they lock down their society so much, and we don't realize the evilness. How do you tell young people in universities to watch out for China? They're not. Well, you know, I think it's, uh, you know, um, <clears throat> they're not uh, a free market economy. In other words, the government provides resources and capital and protections to those industries and companies that they want to protect. So 
it, it is a, a, a not really a form of free market capitalism. It's really about state uh, state supported capital. So they're basically providing investment dollars to those that align with their interests. And so what that means is, yeah, you're going to provide some economic benefit to some people, but the, but the trade-off for that is you no longer have any kind of freedom of speech or freedom of religion or freedom to do whatever you want. You have to do what the Chinese Communist Party wants, and that's even if you're a U.S. company. So if you remember, Daryl Morey, the general manager of the Houston Rockets, was almost fired because— yeah. And, and now the NBA can't do any business in China because he said something about freedom in Hong Kong. So that's what their goal is, to basically to get the, all of these corporations to do what they want. And if you're working for the corporation and you say something against China, you're going to get fired. So that's, that's how they control things now, and, and we have to wake up to that and understand that you know it's not your freedom uh, that you're getting. You might get a job, but that job comes with, a, with cost, and that, that cost is your freedom. And, General, before we go, I do want you to address the military technology. We always felt, I guess, confident America's on top of the technology, and our military has the best technology, and yet we see China growing fast. So address that. Is China going to surpass America in, in uh, technology? Oh, they already have in a lot of ways. They, You know, they landed a, a spacecraft on the dark side of the moon. They have their own constellation of quantum communication satellites. They have uh, maneuvering hypersonic missiles and maneuvering ballistic missiles that go after aircraft carriers. You know, they developed a lot of technology. By the way, they didn't develop it. They brought our scientists over to help them develop it. So they're using the technology, talent, innovation, and capital of a free society to grow, to grow the most powerful, you know, IT-based authoritarian regime in the history of the world. And we're letting them do it. You know, we think about what East Germany did, the Soviets. They did not have the, the computer technology we have today to shut down dissent. China does, and, and they're actually doing it. And, and that's what's so scary. Uh, if America doesn't stay free, and if we don't uh, keep our civil rights, it's easy to see how to, uh, a world-dominating power like the Communist Party of China would love to to uh, have control of the entire world, and I think that's what that's what your book is saying. That's that's what their their goal is. That's exactly right. And globalization and the internet allows them to go past the militaries of the 20th century and go right into the living rooms and, and shopping malls and uh, and the social media that, that your kids are, are looking at of today, which really allows them to go right to the hearts and minds of Americans and begin to pollute it with this idea of you know. We'll give you something, but then uh, we're going to take everything from you. Well, uh, General Spalding, thank you for helping us uh, see this better and shining the light on this. I hope you uh, have a lot of success with your book and getting this message out. And and just uh, well, God bless you. Any, anything you'd like to leave our listeners with? Well, yeah, I tell you what, if they buy the book and read it or listen to it on Audible, they're going to get a good understanding of what's going on in this world. And they're going to be able to talk to their elected representatives and tell them we need to get the, the Chinese Communist Party out of America and, and get their influence out of our um, out of our companies and out of our universities. And that was General Spalding, and he's got a book that we all need to read and everybody in the country needs to read, especially Joe Biden. <laughs> How about that? Donald Trump has done more. As you can see, he took on China more than anybody 
in our uh, lifetime, it looks like. So next week, right, we, we have microbiologist, doctor, scientist, um, Dr. Dean Hart will be on the show. We talk more about this uh, COVID-19, what's going on and what we need to know. So uh, next week we'll be doing that. And for now, may the 4th be with you. Doc Holliday's Rock Spitting Politics. See you next week. Thanks for joining us today, and remember to listen again next week for another edition of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You can order Ed's new book, Bedrock Truths, by clicking on the book cover right in front of you on the screen, or visit DocHolliday.org. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week.